Hi, I'm Richard Osman, and this is The Last Devil to Die. It'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry, and it's got a great Agatha Christie-type mystery in the heart of it. What is it about older adults that make them so good at solving murders? It's a good question, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it funnily is. enough, yeah, so, so the people in my book, as, as you say, are, are older adults. They live in a retirement community, so everyone's over 75. Yeah. And the truth is, it's based on a real place where my mum lives. And when I used to go down there, you talk to all these older people who sort of felt they were locked away a little bit and invisible. And when I was at this community, I thought this actually would be an amazing place for a murder because it's so beautiful. You know, it feels like an Agatha Christie set. Sure. You know, it's got lakes and, you know, forests and all this kind of stuff. So perfect setting for murder. And then I was thinking about these people and I was thinking, you've got every skill needed to solve a murder. And because they're from that generation who are overlooked, they are invisible and yet they're so incredibly wise and experienced. Mm -hmm. And if you're invisible and wise, then you make an amazing detective. I wonder what you get as reaction from that age group about how you're depicting them. You know what, I was worried about it because as, as I say, I, I, I get so much from writing about that generation, okay? So I sort of feel like I'm taking advantage a bit. So their reaction was very important. And I get so many, the lovely thing about these books, they're read across the age groups, mm -hmm. but older people will always come up and say, thank you for writing about us as real human beings mm -hmm. and not writing about us as, you know, sort of uh, invisible, but also not writing about us as if, aren't we sweet? And lovely, right. and you know that you know. It's how, thank you for writing about as genuine humans with flaws, but also with abilities and and the desire to have new things and new friendships and new adventures. Right. So it's been great, and even where my mum lives, uh, you know, they they love it. I go down there, they pitch me murders. You know, you'll go there, and someone will say, "Oh, there's um." There's a concert hall on the edge of the village, and it's got a very high balcony. And if you push someone off that, you would kill them. And you think, well, thank you, Marjorie. That's a, that's a plot, I suppose. <laughs> that's so right. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. a dark thing that I hadn't yeah. thought about. Yeah, oh, my God. But that's, that's the point. That generation, they've got the darkest. They, they've been through everything. Right. You know, they got, there's nothing they haven't thought that's in, right. in their lives. But and they, some of them have witnessed, right? Exactly Atrocities that. in their lives. Exactly yeah. that. You talked a little bit about that the idea of the setting came from where your mother lives. Yeah. But were you sitting there looking at these people thinking, man, they would be great at solving crimes? I mean, it's exactly that. You know, I, 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 my whole career has really been in television and television ideas. And, I, you know, if you want to think about where ideas come from, mm -hmm. it's almost always the way I always think about it. You've got, if you were interested in the world and stuff that's going on, there's all little bubbles around your head all the time about 10 different things, something you just seen, something you just read, something, uh, you know, a friend of yours said. And every now and again, two of those bubbles pop into each other and something new happens. And that was exactly what happened here. The idea of this would be a great place for a murder. Yeah. These people would solve it. And then they had on their notice board in the village, it, it had like kind of a Tuesday French conversation club, Wednesday art history club. And then in my head, I just had that thought, Thursday murder club. And the first book is called The Thursday Murder Club. And that, that's honestly, I, went, I, I started writing that evening and I had that thing, there'll be a murder. This older group of very, very unlikely friends, like a sort of, older A-team uh, would get together and do it, and they're called the Thursday Murder Club. Yeah. And, you know, I thought this, this is worth a few years of my time. Of course, the books are thrilling, and they are mysteries, and they are humorous. But I also see that you're exploring the stark reality of the closeness mm. of death yeah. to all of us, especially for older people. So how do you approach that as a writer? 
I think that, again, as, as I said, I, I get all the advantages of writing about these people and the mischief. And, you know, I re it's really, it's, it, it's very joyous for me to write. Uh, but I can only get that joy if I, if, I, if I then, you have to pay a tax on that, which is to tell the truth about what it is to be older. Um, and many, many things about growing older are wonderful, by the way, as you can tell, there is, there is a freedom. But also you are around death, you're around grief, you're around infirmity. And right from the beginning, I've, I've had a big strain through the book about dementia, and it's, it, it, it's sort of front and centre in this book as well. Uh, and that to me is, is that thing of the responsibility of talking about human beings and uh, who we are as human beings. And it's all very well saying, oh, we're having wine at 11.30 and then we're playing bowls and then we're solving a murder. But, you know, we're around bad things. And both, both my grandparents uh, passed away with dementia. And it's very, very rare to find any family who's not touched with it one way or another. And, you know, all, all, all dementia tends to be different. And so I write about it. And, you know, we've had three books are sort of falling in love with characters. And so hopefully it's affecting to, to see it through the eyes of these people we know so well. Right. And, and Stephen, who, who was Elizabeth's husband, who has had dementia, you know, f from the first book. And it's sort of front and centre in this book as well. But, yeah, I just try and treat everyone with respect and, and try and imagine what would actually happen. Of course, you're never going to choose your favorite character because that's impossible. Yeah. But of all your heroes, Elizabeth, Joyce, Ron, Ibram, is that Ibrahim, correct? Ibrahim, yeah. Ibrahim is how yeah. you pronounce it. Which one is your favorite to write? Ah, that's such a good question. So, so uh, there's a, a diary in the book which is written by Joyce, and every sort of five or six chapters, Joyce uh, writes a diary. And that's the bit, if ever, and you'll know those days where you think, I cannot write today. Yeah. You'll sit in front of your machine right. and you'll be like, I know the scene I have to write, yeah. okay? I know the guy's got to get the gun and then he's got to sort of get his way across town. Right. I cannot do it. Uh, and on those days I sit down, I write Joyce at the top of a bit of paper and I just do stream of consciousness because yeah. Joyce's diary is she's watching TV, mm. she's having some food, she's worrying about her daughter. She's discovering Tinder. She's discovering Tinder, that's exactly right. <laughs> she's got her own Instagram account, all this stuff. <laughs> but also she then drop in a little clue to the murder and you don't right. notice because you think she's being charming. Yeah. So she, I find, it flows because she writes very, she thinks very stream of consciousness. But by and large, you know, whenever there's a scene, I think, whose point of view would it be sort of most amusing or most unusual to view this scene through? Yeah. And so certain scenes really play into, you know, Ibrahim I love to write because he's very correct and, you know, mm -hmm. likes to make lists and then he likes to laminate those lists mm -hmm. and that's fun. Right. And Elizabeth, of course, was a former spy. And so if ever there's... I, lo I love sending her in to deal with, like... Um, you know, if you have to go to the DMV or something, you know, if you've just got some problem with your broadband or something like that. Okay, that's it. I love Elizabeth to go yeah. in there. I love to send a former spy She's in. She's your girl. And sort of exactly that, yeah. <laughs> and Ron, of course. I mean, for me, I, Ron is like sometimes him. the unsung hero. Yeah. Because he's a little bit brutish. He's, you yeah. know, he's, he's the... He's the heavy, you know, yeah, the yeah. way that I imagine him. Yeah. And um, but just a kind soul. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he, he's he's slightly based on my grandfather, who who, who was a cop for many many years. Okay. Uh, and my granddad, I mean, he swore like a trooper. Yeah. You know, he was very very funny, but you know, but incredibly kind. Mm -hmm. So really really tough, like a tough guy. Right. You would not mess with him, but he, you know, he'd give you his last penny. And that's that that to me is a, a certain strain of, of masculinity which my grandfather represented and which Ron represents as well. Yeah. And he's funny, he makes me laugh as he's well. He's funny, he's yeah. so funny. So you may face the reality at some point of having one of your fabulous four die. 
Yeah, I d honestly, I, I, I think that's a long way off. I always say it's like having a car with three wheels. I don't think I could do it. I don't think but you also, can. how would I choose? And I don't think your readers will forgive you. I think it's right. And also, I think, listen, uh, however much I want to say it's real life and I try and tell the truth, it's also books. It's also entertainment. Uh, and it's also joy. Uh, and, you know, I, I recognize the joy these four bring me and, and bring readers as well. And I think I'm allowed to just sort of spread that out for as long as I want to. You certainly heard of Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Huge yes. show in the United States. Um, of course, older adults are solving murders. Yeah. It's wildly popular, so are your yeah. books. Then, of course, we have Murder, She Wrote, right? Yeah. In the TV show Murder, One She Wrote. Classics. Why is this almost like a subgenre that's become so popular. It's interesting, isn't it? Because also we can go back to Miss Marple. Of course. In the, in, 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 in the UK. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I, I do think it's, when, when I first was selling this book, and when I started writing this book, every book was like a dark psychological thriller. It was mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. There were girls on trains and sure. unreliable narrators and stuff right. like that. By the way, some brilliant novels in that genre. Yeah. Uh, but if you're writing a novel, it's not going to come out for four years. So there's no point writing what everyone else is writing. Right. I just had this thing. But, you know, when I started selling it, people would go, really, about four older people? And are you sure that's going to sell? But all the smart people in publishing immediately went, it's great. Right. This works for us brilliantly. Mm -hmm. Marple worked for us. As you say, Jessica Fletcher works mm -hmm. for us. You know, it's, it is that combination of, of wisdom. And like, if you watch Only Murders in the Building, uh, you know, Martin Short and, uh, and Steve Martin sort of get away with anything because they don't have to get up in the morning to feed the kids. Right. You know, they haven't got, they, literally they can do what they want right. at any given time. And that's a real, that's a really fun thing to write. And yeah. everybody, everybody in the world is either older or is going to be older at some point, right? So everyone's right. either thinking about their life in old age or what they would like their life to be in old age. Right. And if you can set up some uh, some lovely role models for people. You know, the place where um, the gang live in the Thursday Murder Club books and the characters themselves. So many people say, please let me live there when I'm 75 right. with, my, with my friends. I would love to do that. Uh, and you know, who wouldn't want to be Steve Martin and Martin Short in that lovely building? And you know, they don't really have much to do. Right. And then they've got a lifetime of experience. Right. And so it's, you know, Jessica Fletcher. I mean, she doesn't need money, does she, Jessica? She's made all that money. <laughs> you know, she just right. goes around and sees various nephews and someone gets murdered. Richard, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Jeremy. He's always been my literary hero. And thank you for watching A Word on Words. I'm Jeremy Finley. Remember, keep reading. These four characters, they will open any door. They will talk to anyone. They will try anything. And it's naturally, they make me laugh so much by the way they approach life. And it's the way I wish I could.